that is the, honestly the biggest struggle that we have in, in talking to, to people who are thinking about uh, having us manage their technology is that they believe that if they do nothing, things will continue just as they have been and things have been fine the last little while and if they do nothing, things will continue to be fine. And as we've seen with, with you know, Equifax and Yahoo and Home Depot and you know big brand after big brand, the doing nothing is, is uh, a huge risk. Welcome to the Digital Fire Podcast with Digital Fire CEO, Leslie Babel. Today, Leslie tells us why a toaster isn't a computer and in doing so paints a perfect, easy-to-understand picture of how we must stop considering tech the way we do toasters if we were to keep our businesses safe. Here's Leslie on Radio you know, U. is interesting in that a lot of people think of it like a toaster. How do you mean? you just buy the thing and yeah. it makes toast. And it's, it's really simple. I, I turn on my computer and I use it. Yeah, um, yeah, hard. Yeah, it's easy. I replace it every four or five years and that's it. Exactly. It's an appliance. Right. right. Um, and, and we run into this a lot where, where people conceptualize it that way because it's easy to think of in that way. Where it, I, I bought this thing and I paid for it and it's going to do this thing for me and, and life will be good. It's a lot like all the other things that we buy in our life, cars and, and you know, books and, and that sort of thing, is, is they are what they are when you bought them. Yes. The thing is that your computer isn't today what it was when you bought it. It is a completely different animal today than it was yesterday, than it was the day before. How That's do you mean, how the do you, difference. How do you mean that? Tesla is changing the boundaries here in that they do over-the-air updates to cars now. Right. So the acceleration of a Tesla can suddenly change. The thing that you bought a year ago wow. can get a new software update right. and be 0.2 seconds faster. Right. Right? That's what technology is, is it? it can be different based on the software. So a toaster doesn't get any over-the-air updates. It's the same, you know, five years later as the day you bought it. It's got all the same features, works exactly the same. Maybe it's deteriorated a little, but mostly it's the same. But it, it, the, it, the, the technology piece, though, is the computer's different. It's got an update. I mean, how many computers do people have out there that are today Windows 10 that yeah. when they bought them were Windows 7, right? I mean, that's happened in the last year and a half. Um, and it's a completely different animal than it was before. Comes with a whole set of other risks. It's like if your toaster turned around one day and suddenly made jam as well, <laughs> right? And it would start putting jam on your toast as well. It's like, wow, that's kind of a cool new feature, except in doing so, it would push the heat element a little bit more and you know, 20% of them would burn your house down. There is a little bit of a demographic at play there. Um, and, and it's that the, you know, the younger generation is, is used to constant change, constant updates, constant ding right. of, of cell phones and, and notifications and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, but as humans in general, we like things to be stable. That's right. right? We like things labeled and in nicely in boxes and, and to understand what they are. Because if things are changing all the time, it's very complicated, which is why technology becomes scary because it's changing all the time the easiest thing to do we run into this so much is it's well i'm okay i'm fine uh why should i change because things are running just fine and that the scary piece there is that the thing that you don't know because you when you say it's running fine you're assuming that the thing's a toaster and it, and and that's the thing that's different with technology it's just because it made toast this morning 
it's not necessarily going to make toast tomorrow because there's somebody out there who's trying to actively get into your toaster, break it, steal it, use it to make money, uh, use it as part of a botnet to attack other things so that a million toasters can do some damage when they all do it together uh, or steal your data and, and charge you money for it. The toaster is not a toaster. It's got all this scary stuff. If you don't upgrade your toaster, there's the only consequence is that you don't get the new digital features of the newest toaster. The difference with technology is that if you do nothing, inaction is actually just as bad, uh, if not worse, because if you don't do the updates, then there's security holes, there's all kinds of nasty stuff that can happen, so you are required to keep up to date and get on that train. So when you're buying an appliance, you have to stay up with those updates. And that's the, that's, that is the, honestly the biggest struggle that we have in, in talking to, to people who are thinking about uh, having us manage their technology is that they believe that if they do nothing, things will continue just as they have been and things have been fine the last little while. And if they do nothing, things will continue to be fine. And as we've seen with, with you know, Equifax and Yahoo and Home Depot and you know, big brand after big brand, the, doing nothing is, is uh, a huge risk. You can't render anything 100% safe. There is no 100% safe. These days what we say is that you, you don't have to, so a bunch of people are being chased by a bear, you don't have to outrun the bear, you just have to outrun other people, right? So you don't be the low-hanging fruit. Someone is going to get attacked. Someone is going, someone's data is going to get stolen. Someone's data is going to get breached. There's money to be made by unscrupulous people. Um, and they will make that money one way or another. It's just, you got to make it so that you're a little harder to get. If you leave the keys in the ignition with the windows down and, and the door wide open, you know, maybe it's even running, right? You're asking for trouble, sort of thing. So, so inaction in that case it, it is the it can really bite you. Honestly, because you don't have to secure everything 100%, you just have to. So, one thing is you know, there's some basics to take care of, right? Yes. If you get into a car and it doesn't have seat belts and it doesn't have airbags and it doesn't have anti lock brakes. I mean, those things are expected in every new car these days, yes. right? If you get into your friend's car and it doesn't have any lock brakes, it doesn't have seat belts, and it doesn't have airbags, you're going to start to question things, right? Is is it? You're going to wonder whether you really should be in this car or not, right? So there's some. But 20 years ago, if something didn't have an airbag or it didn't have any lock brakes, that was that was normal, and that's the same sort of thing. Is that the 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 new normal keeps evolving as. Yeah, as technology gets on. So I always say to people that, that we're always looking for a quick fix, right? You want me to give you one tip that, that, you, that you can do that, that, that's, that's today? If I had to say that, it's something called two-factor authentication. That's, that's, a, that's a real big one today. Um, and we can dive into that if you want. But it's the, really the solution is to be looking at this on a regular basis. Because today the solution... You know, one of the great tips is two-factor authentication. But, but tomorrow, that will become just totally normal that it's, you're, you're crazy if you don't have a seatbelt in your car. Two-factor authentication, something you know and something you have. So we've all experienced this when you try to log into something and then it sends you a text message with a code that you then have to type in. Right. Right? It's that. 
it's enabling that. Most of the systems that you use, your email, um, it's it, all sorts of your, you know, any CRM system that you use, any uh, business software that you use, most of those systems will have this already in place. You simply need to go to the place where you change your password, and there's probably a little checkbox there for two-factor authentication. You set it up, you give it your cell phone number, and you know, take you five minutes to do, maybe two minutes to do. But what it'll do is that if somebody from somewhere else tries to log in, let's say somebody from, you know, pick a, uh, uh, somebody from another part of the world tries to log in and they're trying to do something bad and yes. they have guessed your password. Yes. It will then ask them for the six-digit code that just got sent to your cell phone. Right. 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 So you got a six-digit code on your cell phone. They won't have that code. That's right. Even if they have your password, they can not, now not get in. Office 365, for example, or in uh, G Suite, which are the two big email platforms out there. You're likely on one of those two email platforms for your business. If not, you should be on one of those two email platforms. Um, and in that situation, you log in online. Right? So you go to the website where you check your email. And you go top right, and you go and change your password in that section where you change your password. So there should be something in there. There is something in there called two-factor authentication. It'll take you through a little setup wizard. It's really straightforward. And it, it'll ask you for your cell phone number. It'll send you a text message with a, a six-digit code. And you type that in, and you're off to the races. And then the other side of it is, you know, how inconvenient is that? And then they do a bunch of things to make that, because it's not necessarily every single time. Because people ask me, well, really? I'm going to have to type that in every single time I log in? It's, you don't actually have to type it in every time you log in. It will track where you log in from. So he says, okay, look, I'm going to, you know, I'll log in from home, I'll log in from work, I'll log in from, um, you know, wherever you normally are, it'll start looking at those things. And that's, you know, if people say it's Big Brother, they're tracking that information anyways. They already know. Right? So, so it's, it's, you know, we, we crossed that bridge long ago. Um, so, yeah, is, is they can see where you normally log in from. And if it's one of those places, then usually it lets you just go through without asking you for that. If it suddenly is coming from a hotel in Paris, right? And you might be traveling, right? Right, yeah. And, and that's okay, but then it, it'll ask you um, for that code. And then you'll need that, that you know, say, okay, well, what if I can't get a text message while I'm in Paris? There are, there's an app, of course. Uh, Google has an authenticator and Microsoft has one too um, where it'll send you the, the code through the app as opposed to a text message. So my point is really that there's an extra little step. It's a minor inconvenience um, and it will stop most attacks dead in their tracks. I was talking to somebody yesterday and it was about th they, they really wanted something they could just bolt on. Give me something I can buy. Give me yeah. a piece of software. Yeah. Give me a box that I can put in and push a button and then I'll be secure. Yes. Right? And and I wish. I wish there was such a thing. And there's a bunch of people, I mean, I see stuff every day um, that, that come across my desk that is the next great, wonderful solution. Install this thing and, and, and all will be fixed. And, and it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way because there's this constant battle of good versus evil. The appliance that you bought two years ago is completely different today. I mean, it looks the same on the outside, but on the inside, it's completely different, and it does completely new things with completely different level of risk, right? So how do you mitigate that? Is rather than, so, so we're all about, our digital fire is all about the approach, 
and that the approach has to have security baked in. Rather than selling you a piece of tech, and I could, there's antivirus and malware and DNS protection and name your vendor, they all have some kind of wonderful thing that's going to solve the world's security problems, right? We're all about saying, yeah, some of those are going to be good, but what's good today is going to be totally different than what's good tomorrow. And so what we need is a consistent approach where we're looking at this on a monthly basis and we're evaluating where the risk is and how much money we should be putting towards that because you don't have unlimited time and unlimited resources and money with all this stuff. And then more importantly, how does it all relate to your business goals? What are you really trying to achieve? Like this whole security thing, it's like, you know, we're hearing so much about it, but really, I just want to go and make widgets. Like I sell widgets or I deliver widgets or I have a not-for-profit or, I, you know, that's my business. Why do I need to focus on the security stuff? Is That's where we come in is, is we'll look at where your business is going, what your not-profit's goals are, what you're trying to manufacture. Are you trying to double in size? Are you trying to stay the same? Are there market forces at play? I mean, when the oil prices dropped, uh, we, we had a whole bunch of clients affected by that, and all the IT strategy plans changed, meaning you know th there was plans to get new equipment and to upgrade and that sort of thing, and they all, they all got changed. That went out the window. The life of, of current equipment. Right? The idea is that we're looking at the risk and we're making a decision on it. Indecision, inaction is in itself a decision, and that can really bite you and cost you a whole lot more, right? So we're saying spend a little bit ahead of time, right? Spend a fraction ahead of time and be evaluating what this is on a regular basis. And by the way, it also gives a bunch of benefits to you know, being able to work remotely, more efficiently, faster, all these wonderful things that, that come along with it. So rather than saying, oh, okay, you know, look, if I had to give the, the, the one tip, it's the two-factor authentication. That's a, that, that's a big one today. But again, in, in six months, there'll be something completely different that is the big tip, right? So the, the idea is to be looking at it. The idea is to be managing your technology on a regular basis, be looking at this, and then just, it, it will take care of it because tomorrow when there's a problem, will be on top of a response for it. Between three and 7% of your total revenue should be spent on technology. Let's do a deep dive on that in podcast number two. Sounds good. Okay. We're speaking with Leslie Babel, Digital Fire. Leslie, what's your slogan again? Fire it up. Fire it up. We'll see you soon. Thanks.